to the very first episode of Time Limit, a podcast by Team Gant, the podcast dedicated to helping you and your team make the most of your limited time at work. I'm Nathan. I'm one of the co-founders of Team Gant and also one of the co-hosts of this podcast. I'm John. I'm also a co-founder of Team Gant, and you guessed it, I'm also a co-host of this podcast. This is our first podcast, so we thank you for listening and we thank you for checking this out. Uh, So you might be wondering, why did we create a podcast called Time Limit? That really goes back to the story of how we started Team Gantt. We started Team Gantt with just four hours a week since Team Gantt was a side project for us back in 2009. Nathan and I were both working full time doing software at a roofing company around here. And uh, we had the need for a multi-user Gantt chart. So we set aside Saturday mornings as a time for us to uh, build an app that we would be able to use. Uh, and then it was maybe about a, a couple of weeks in, we realized we have something that other people may want to use too. So we decided to uh, continue with it, but we still had full-time jobs. We still had families. Uh, my father's a pastor. We were in the process of physically building a new church building, and that required most of my Saturday. Uh, so Saturday morning was all that I could really carve out uh, to start the process of this. And we had basically a time limit of four hours that we had to get everything done in. We had to be efficient with our four hours. We had to come in knowing what we were doing uh, and we had to do it because at lunch I had to go. Yep. Yep. That's right. So that was our limit. That was four hours to start this company. And that was back in 2009. And now uh, as in the last eight, almost nine years, uh, since we started kind of the end of 2009, but we've been, we've been continuing to grow this and, uh, we went full time around 2011, which gave us the ability to go up to 40 hours, which at the time felt, uh, luxurious. And we just had tons of time, which was awesome. Uh, and then we continued, uh, as the business grew, we hired more people and we brought more people on the, the team is now up to 17 people. And because we have so many people and things were, have been going well, we actually reduced our time now to 36 hours. Uh, so we do half day Fridays now. And we'll talk about that more in this episode. But we are very used to the idea of a time limit. And even at 17 people, to us, it feels like a lot. But we know our competitors have hundreds of people and they're working overtime and they're putting a lot of time in. So we do have to be very very wise with how we use our time. And so that's why this has always been interesting to us. Of course, the software we create is all about managing our time. So this is just something that uh, is very interesting to us. And we, we decided to start a podcast to talk about it. How we use our time, as we know, determines our success in our jobs and in our careers. So that's, that's why we really want to focus on this. Most everything comes back to how we use our time. The topic that we're talking about today for the first episode, which we feel is super important and helps set up the future episodes, is setting the time limit that we work each week and that our teams work each week. In future episodes, we'll dig into how we manage our time, but ultimately we have a huge responsibility to ourselves, to our families, and uh, the bottom line at work. So how we spend our time is, is very important. It is. Yeah. And It's also important for everybody on your team. If you're a leader in your company or you're a leader on your team, setting setting this boundary and helping enforce it and helping encourage others will make a big impact on everybody in your organization, everybody in your team, even the bottom line at work too, as we'll see. 
So why is it that so many people are working so so long and so many extra hours nowadays? There was a time when 40 hours was the normal, but now it just seems like more and more we're seeing that people are working such long hours. I think a lot of that goes back to you feel that if you, if you work more hours, you'll get more done. And what happens is you work more hours and you end up getting less done. Uh, so then to get the work done that you need to get done, you end up working more hours to get that done. Uh, and you just, you're continuing to go down a path that has diminishing returns. Yeah, and then when you tack on office distractions, meeting overload, email overload, it, it all adds up. And I think another thing, too, is just people feel like they need to prove something, right? By working more, I think that's how a lot of times how, how unfortunately, people have to climb the corporate ladder is to put in the extra time and show that they need to work hard and that and that they're ambitious and then that'll get them that raise. But I mean, how do we fix that? How does if that's going on in your company and you don't want that to be the case, how do you how do you fix that, John? The first thing I think you need to do is figure out of how this new time limit is going to benefit your team. How is it going to benefit your morale? How is it going to benefit your performance? Uh, how will it benefit potential turnover? Uh, or even burnout. Nathan, you have a, an interesting burnout story. No, that's true. I mean, this happened to me uh, about a year ago, about this time of year last year. Um, I was really enjoying everything I was working on. I was really enjoying everything we were doing here. And the I was following the, the typical routine of, you know, start around 8, 8.30, finish up by 5 o'clock. But my problem was uh, after having dinner with the family and everything, put the kids to bed at night, um, I would pull the laptop back out and I'd work for a few more hours and I might work for just on things that I really enjoyed, things that I liked. And uh, that might have been working on the new office design that we were getting ready to, to work on, or it might have been searching for uh, some hires that we were looking to make. And those are things I just enjoyed doing. So it didn't it didn't bother me. I enjoyed it. And I thought, well, I'll just keep doing this. And for a few weeks, it wasn't an issue at all. Uh, but you know, by the time about two months of that rolled by, man, I felt it and it kicked in and I started, I didn't realize it was burnout at first because I was just tired. I totally had lost my motivation, which is really weird. I'm usually very motivated, but I had totally lost my motivation to work. I just didn't want to. And uh, I was just thinking, what is going on? Why am I feeling this way? And then I actually, it kind of hit me. I was like, you know, I have been doing a little too much. And I started Googling it and just reading like what the symptoms of burnout were. And man, it, it that was it. Uh, that That's what it was. So I had to uh, thankfully recognize that and then take a week off um, to reset. And I didn't even go anywhere. We just, we just stayed around the house and just took a week off and just got my mind off of work and came back uh, with a clear, a clear head and uh, with the idea of I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to be working at night because even if that can work for a little while, uh, within a few months, that's going to cause burnout. As we'll see too, there's even a chance it could potentially increase profits. Not that that's the key thing that we're focused on here, um, but there's a potential for that. And that's something actually Henry Ford showed uh, back in the early 1900s, which we'll talk about. But I think the I think the most important thing to think about here is how this can improve the lives of everybody on your team and not just the people on your team, but their families, not putting that pressure on them. And in fact, proactively taking that pressure off of them can actually really make things better for them. So again, the benefits of 
of being strategic and really thinking about your 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 balance and how many hours and that limit you set for each week for you and your team. Again, that can lead to better morale, better performance, reduced turnover, being healthier, potentially increasing profits, and most importantly, better lives for your team and their families. All right, so today we're also going to bring on Tyson here from Team Gantt, who is going to give us his perspective. He has worked before in companies uh, where he's worked long hours, and he's also worked here with the 36-hour work week, and we just want to get his perspective on it. So, Tyson, thanks for jumping on today, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Can you give me uh, just a little intro on yourself, where you're from, and and uh, your background? Absolutely. Well, my full name is actually Tyson Julius Nero. Some people call me TJ. Um, so I'm originally from Cranston, Rhode Island, but I was raised in South Florida. And over the past three years, I moved here with my wife and kids to Charlotte. So that's where we currently reside. Been a software engineer uh, since I was 19 years old. Uh, I'm 35 now, so you can do the math, about 16 years. Um, originally, I was more of a developer designer. Probably in 06 or 08, I really transitioned into uh, a programmer, what I call a software engineer, where I moved from you know a lot of the front end design work um, to the back end. So since then, I've just been um, mixing it up front end, back end. I've worked for small and large companies, enterprise level companies like movietickets.com and LendingTree, um, various startups. I've worked for traditional software companies where we didn't have like a public facing application or website, but we were actually um, writing installable software that was distributed to clients. Cool. So uh, development wise, that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, and before we jump into the meat of this, uh, I hear you have a Chuck Norris joke ready for us. Absolutely. Well, I like to do three things in threes. So I have three Chuck Norris <laughs> jokes, or you can even consider them facts. Um, so this one's a classic. A Chuck Norris can kill two stones with one bird. And then uh, Chuck Norris doesn't need Twitter because he's always following you. And then finally, this is the programmer in me. Uh, when Chuck Norris throws exceptions, it's across the room. Boom. There you, there you go. It. That's it. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the important stuff. Now we'll, now we'll jump into talking about uh, the, the work-life balance and overworking and your experience with it. So, um. Maybe can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, previously, what kind of, how have you been through working, you know, 50 hour weeks, 60 hour weeks? What's been your, what's your background? Have you seen that before? Absolutely. In fact, the last two companies I worked for, it was just the norm and and expected. Um, So, you know, funny story is when I probably my first couple of weeks when I came onto Team Gantt, um, I was actually putting in time extra at nights. And sometimes over the weekend, probably those first couple of weeks, and I remember um, John, our dev manager, I think he called me out a couple of times and said, hey, you know, it's it's late on a Friday night. Why are you still working? Well, it was just something that I was used to, and hmm. it was the norm for me. And even though you guys were up front and said, you know, you know we have that 36, 36 to 39 hour work week, I was so used to it. In fact, coming onto Team Gantt, there was probably a couple months beforehand where I was leading a project that I was working 50 plus hours for about two months straight. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and what was, what was that like? Like, how did you feel doing that? Did you ever hit burnout? Did you feel like your productivity was 
increase? Like, do you think you, you know, what do you think the difference was between that and the, and the four, working like 40 hours? Sure. I mean, I, I, you get a productivity boost probably the first couple of weeks, mm-hmm. right? And then when these 50 hour weeks or 40 plus hour weeks um, start taking a toll on you, whether it's impeding on your personal life or your family life um, or various things like that, or you're just burned out because you get a call from your dev manager Friday night at 12 um, that something needs to be fixed and you lost sleep. Um, it really, I, I, overall, it starts taking, it starts taking its toll and that's where it starts having an impact on your productivity. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So from my own personal experience, it, it just it ends up being a drop off, right? Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And why do you think that everyone was working those extra hours? What, what was causing that? Right. So I, I think there's a few factors. One is um, expectations were generally being made by higher ups, right? So the dev, for instance, a, a developer or development team was expected to do something or was on the hook for something um, that they didn't really sign on for, right? There was these expectations um, that were just out there. Um, another thing is, you know, and I'm comparing with Team Gantt, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe working for a bigger corporation who has investors and other higher ups. Um, those are the people that really um, drive things and you have to answer to, right? Um, as com- compared to working maybe for a smaller company or, or a company like Team Gantt who doesn't really have that investment or that, that board of people who are really driving the product. We, we as a team, um, really get to make up kind of what we want to do and how we drive that. And we're more flexible in a sense. Um, I feel like other companies where you have that, um, that hierarchy and that setup, um, it becomes more rigid and you have to, you have to answer to those who want you to do what they want you to do. (laughs) That's a good observation. Yep. And that's true. And since that's one reason we didn't want to take investment money here. And that's why we've just always bootstrapped is we didn't want to have to answer to investors. We've always wanted to answer to the customer. And um, that gives us the flexibility to set the company up uh, in a way that we want to work here as opposed to just trying to grow for growth's sake and please the investors. So, yeah, I think that makes sense what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, and just to, to drive home on that as well, a lot of times where when you're dealing with investors or hierarchy or structures like that, um, sometimes things become more about the bottom line in, in making that dollar, right? Than making a good product. Yep. So I've had the experience in, in a, a couple past companies where the quality of the product went down, um, but more time went into building the product to produce more money. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely. No, that's what happens. You put more people, you put more time, you just think you need to do more stuff, but in the end, it's not really making a better product. So. Absolutely. And on that note too, um, a lot of the time spent in overwork is dealing with defects in uh, production from what I've noticed in, huh. in previous companies. I think at Team Gantt, we really have a good setup on how to reduce um, our defects in production. For instance, on the dev team, um, we really have a solid and rigid um, code review process that I have not seen at any other company. Hmm. And what that does is it, 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 it not only sets our code up to be um, quality and maintainable in the long run, um, but as developers, we find bugs and things like that. So it really takes a lot of the pressure off somebody who's doing a UAT or a QA to, to try to find those additional things that they may have not found. Yeah. So um, we're doing things in the background that I haven't seen at other companies, which keeps... Um, our quality high and our defects low. 
Well, that's good. I mean, that's what we've been talking about is trying to work smarter and harder, but just not longer. So I think that fits in with that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Tyson, with the with the Friday afternoons that we've implemented recently, what do you do with your Friday afternoons off? Sure. So a perfect example of this Friday afternoon, I'm going to my daughter's second grade class to volunteer to help the kids um, with their their writing. See, that's awesome. <laughs> so absolutely. <laughs> so I may go volunteer at school. Um, I may try to get the yard work done early or just do something in general that I might have done on the weekend yeah. um, to have more time with the family or myself or um, other various activities. Awesome. Cool. Tyson, thanks for jumping on, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. See you, man. Bye. Let's jump ahead here now and let's talk about the first step here in in how to do this. If we want to, if we decide that these things are important, this is important for our company, important for ourselves, important for our team, important for the family members of our team, how do we get started? How do we do this? How do we determine that limit? What should that be? Should it be 36? Should it be 40? Should it be uh, 60 hours? You know, how do we determine? And I think some of that goes back to just evaluating your your week, your priorities, your life, what you have going on. What do you think about that? I think that's right. We have to we have to realize that. You know, we all have 168 hours a week and that's it. That's that's the limit for the week. That's all we got. So how are we going to budget uh, time for our family, our health, uh, you know, things we do for uh, fun with church work? How, how are we going to fit all of this into our week? We budget, you know, for our financial futures. Why not budget our time for the future? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's so important. We just need to be able to step back look at everything going on, what are our priorities, what's our mission, what are our goals in life, and make sure we can achieve them in a balanced way uh, and setting those budgets. Thinking of our thinking of our time in terms of budgets, just like we do financially, can make a huge impact. And the fact that you take the time and do that consciously uh, is important to getting control of your time. We need to control our time. Honing in on that number, that's the first step is, again, looking looking through and evaluating everything. But then honing in, we always hear about this 40-hour number. And let's talk about where that 40-hour number originally came from. So that came from the early 19th century. Right. And this is when the unions were actually uh, pushing for this. Businesses at first were a little resistant, but then they ended up coming around because they saw the benefits of reducing the hours and not pushing people into crazy 60, 70, and 80-hour weeks. And then there was a a big thing on January 4th, 1914, when Henry Ford uh, actually made a big change uh, in his company. Yeah, he doubled pay. uh, He reduced shifts. Uh, and sort of the grand scheme of things, the, the company profit uh, essentially doubled uh, from thirty million to sixty million. Now, that's not not to say that you're going to necessarily double and go from thirty million to sixty million. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, hey, there's a chance for that, right? So he did he did reduce the shifts from nine to eight hours, and he was criticized for that. Uh, a lot of people actually criticized him for doing that, but it turned out after watching the numbers. And everyone saw that his profits increased so much, uh, his competitors ended up doing the same thing. So that was a big thing that helped show that 40 hours was a good number. So what's the right number for you? Again, you're thinking about how balanced do you want you and your team's lives to be between work and everything else that's going on? For us, we just recently changed ours to 36. Why did we do that? Why did we switch to 36? I think for us, it was sort of twofold. There was sort of the initial uh, selfish want of... Having a longer weekend. It's funny to say, but it's it's true. 
where uh, it was, I guess, two summers ago, maybe three. Uh, we we decided that, you know what, we're going to do a summer retreat and we're just going to do half day Fridays. Uh, give everybody a longer weekend. You know, you could take that half day Friday to do whatever, to cut your grass or to, you know, weed your garden or, or whatever your hobbies are. We did it as a treat sort of for the summer. But when the summer was over, we looked back and we said, wow, we, we got everything we thought we were going to get done done. We got more done than we thought, really. And, uh, you know, fall came around. We, we went back to the full 40-hour work week. We brought it back in uh, around Christmas time later that year. Uh, sort of the same concept uh, of a treat. And then, uh, you know, it was, it was the following summer where we re-implemented it again. And, you know, it was sort of the, not three strikes and you're out, but three three's a charm. And uh, we, we realized it was a good move for us. Uh, and just recently, we made it permanent, where uh, it's more now a 36-hour work week. Yep, that's right. We did, again, this summer, we were looking at it, and we thought, let's let's test this again. We were kind of thinking at the beginning of the summer, like, this might be nice to make permanent. But we still said, we're going to do it just for the summer, because we wanted to watch and make sure, again, that yeah. this summer, we still had good results, and that we didn't see things drop. So we didn't change our planning. It's not like we thought, oh, let's try and put less work in this summer because we're only doing 36 hours. We still tried to hit all the same goals and we still, uh, still planned as if it was 40, but we just wanted to kind of work a little smarter, uh, and a little harder during those 36 hours to get it done. And it, and it worked out and we decided let's, let's go ahead and make this permanent. And we did that, uh, just now. And so now we're permanently 36, like John said, and everyone's excited about it. And the results have been good so far in productivity and really in team morale and everybody's been talking about how they enjoy the the jump start to the weekend being able to knock out the yard work and then have more time for family on Saturdays and Sundays and uh, just feeling refreshed when they come back Monday and ready to go. So how would someone make this change uh, at their company? Uh, that's a great that's a great question. So one thing is just trying it as a temporary test just like we did. You don't have to commit to this long term. And you want to make sure that this is something that that works for you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be 36 might not be the right number for you. If everybody in your company right now is putting in 60 hours, if you cut to 36, that might be too much of a jolt. Maybe you can handle it. Maybe not. Maybe you can try that as a test. But, you know, just thinking about what is the what's the amount you want to reduce to and then trying that as a test for three months. Try it over the summer. Uh, if you want to try it now, try it now for a couple of months and just say, we're going to do this as a little pilot for the next three months and see how it goes. Right. And I think an important piece is don't change the goals. Don't change what you plan to get accomplished. Keep your goals aggressive. Right. right. Work harder, work smarter. Just don't work longer. Yeah, that's that's totally right. And I think, you know, it's like Parkinson's law, right? It, it talks about how work expands to fill the time. So if we can if we can just shrink that time up a little bit, quite often we can still get the same amount done. Yeah, and I think you're going to see that you're going to get the same thing done. Uh, and the only thing that's going to change, well, maybe, maybe not the only thing, but potentially one of the most important things is that your team's going to be happy. Right. Yeah, if you watch the numbers and you're, you're still able to hit your goals, you're still able to hit your metrics that you're watching, you'll notice too that your team is probably going to be happier. And you're going to be able to improve all those great benefits of uh, people being happier, people being healthier, uh, you know, more more productive, and keeping people around longer in your company, which is a big big benefit. So, with 
with the shorter time limit, how do you recommend people be more productive within that less time? Right. Well, that's a good point. I mean, there's there's definitely different things that we'll probably expand on more in in future episodes. But that's things about structuring your day, you know, figuring out your your plan of attack there, uh, which I know we'll dig into in the future. Uh, reducing meetings. Is there any way you can cut back on some meetings that just aren't necessary? We all don't like those extra meetings. Uh, maybe think about introducing some remote working. If you're not doing that now, maybe giving people a day or two at home to potentially avoid uh, all the distractions in the office. I know for us, that's one one reason that we're able to get a lot done with a small team is the fact that we can get that focus time in. Uh, and the other is encouraging people to work hard and smart so that they can continue to keep that benefit. If it's being done as a pilot, let's say, let's just encourage the team and and say, hey, let's do this. Let's work hard. Let's work smart. But let's see if we can do this in the same amount of time. Yeah. And if you're a team that's in a bigger company, you know, run a pilot program. Pick, pick one of the teams within your company uh, and see how they do. So you're limiting your risk. Uh, and then, you know, when, when it's all said and done, you know, Take the benefits, take the results of that and show it to your leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Run a pilot and and test it and, and see how it goes. And you, you can be an example for, for the rest of the company. So if you're if you're in a team and maybe you're not the leadership on the team, maybe you don't have the ability to make that change yourself. Don't feel trapped. You know, there's there's things that can be done and you might have more control over your situation than you think. So one of the first things you could do is potentially talk to your manager or your team lead and bring this idea by them, show them the benefits, uh, show them some of the things we talked about in this episode, and hopefully uh, they'll see that and maybe they'll, they'll take the steps and maybe they'll be willing to run a test and ask them, you know, hey, can we test this out for a little while? And really, it all starts with leadership. If you're the leader, you need to set the example. You need to show that, hey, you know, I'm committed to this work time. You know, when it's time to go, you know, early on Friday, let everyone know you're leaving. Hold everyone to the same standard that you're holding yourself to. And I think you'll see in the end, you'll, you'll, you'll come back on Monday more refreshed. And when you look back, you know, over a quarter, uh, you'll realize that you still hit the same goals that you were intending originally. Yeah, and it is that people will follow you as the leader. So if you're working the long hours, they're going to work the long hours. If you can cut back and and do that visibly, uh, people and encourage them, then there's going to be a good chance of them doing it as well. We hope this has been helpful to you. This is the first episode here. This is the one where uh, we're kicking things off and we hope you liked it. And we want to hear what you thought. Uh, please send us your feedback. We, we're setting up an email. It's going to be timelimit at teamgant.com. So that's timelimit at teamgant. And Gant does have two T's at the end. So uh, send that in and we're going to read it. Uh, we'll get back to you. Let us know too what questions you have. What would you like us to talk about? Things that maybe relate to uh, to our backgrounds in, in, in business or in project management because we'd be happy to hear from you. And then also reviews. If you enjoyed this, if this is something that you want to hear more of, leave a review on iTunes. Well, we'd love to, uh, to see that and that's going to help more people find us. Uh, we're going to do three episodes here and depending on the feedback we get, if this is something people like we'll keep doing more uh let us know what you think and uh hopefully tune in for the next episode we hope you make the most of your limited time this week thanks again have a great week